It's good to see each one of you here this morning and trust that we've come here in an attempt to worship the Lord, to sing praises unto Him, to pray unto Him, and to focus our hearts and our minds upon Him for a little while this morning. I was thinking that uh, I remember the first time I attempted to speak for any extended time before the Lord's people a few years ago. And the Lord blessed me, so the people said, to say some things edifying and and I can't, I'd say he did bless me to be able to speak, uh, edification God's people. And, uh, that was like the first time. And the church set me up an appointment for next, the next Sunday to preach. It scared me to death. So wait a minute. I fretted and I fretted all week trying to study for that which God might have me to speak. Talked to, called a, a minister that I knew, had a lot of confidence in. He said, oh, so you're trying to figure out how you can reproduce what you did last Sunday. I said, yeah. He said, well, he said, well, the first things you need to understand is don't be afraid to fail. He said, because you will. I have failed before standing up among the Lord's people. Uh, One time I stood up. I stumbled around for five minutes and I set myself down because I felt no liberty. I just, Lord can shut people up. Oh, by the way, the same minister that told me, don't be afraid to fail because you will. He told me about one time he was at an association meeting, you know, the several days meeting. And he was like Sunday morning, first up. I mean, this is, you know, he got up there, he went blank. He said, my mind's just as blank as the back of that songbook. I'm sorry. And he sat down. God can bless. God can not bless. Thinking of a minister, Elder Lonnie Monzingo Sr. from Mississippi. Been gone died gone to the Lord many years ago now. And if you talk about, I've never heard a preacher that could preach like that man. I mean, he was a preaching, preaching, preacher. When the Lord got a hold of him and blessed him to preach. Until one day, he couldn't put two sentences together took his Bible, and he sat down. Pray for me this morning that if it's the Lord's will, He bless us for a little while to look into some things that uh, I woke up this morning with and I trust they're the Lord. And I guess I said all that because I don't know if I'm going to I might fail this morning to be able to speak the things in my heart that might be to God's honor and glory and trust to your edification. I don't know, but I learned a long time ago not to be afraid to fail because from time to time that will happen. 
See, it takes a blessing for you to hear. And it takes a blessing from God for me to be able to speak that and have a tongue of utterance to speak the things that I ought. Excuse me. This morning I'd like to try to talk to you about the salvation of God. And seeing the salvation of God. And we're going to go through some scriptures in the New Testament pertaining to seeing the salvation of God. But first I want to begin in Isaiah chapter 43. (coughs) Isaiah 43, verse 10. says, Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord. I'll wait for a minute. I hear pages turning. I like to hear that. And I apologize sometimes for going so fast it's hard to turn the pages and get there. But I will say, well, I guess you're finished turning the pages, but let me just get one more word in real quick while you're, maybe some are still turning the pages. If I ever, if you, if I go too fast and you can't follow along, I, I want you to search the scriptures whether what I'm saying to you is so. That's why I try to give references to where I am. You don't get a reference sometime? Come and ask me. I'll, I'll try to give you the references so you can go back and confirm the word. Anyway, Isaiah 43, verse 10. Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I and he before me there was no god neither uh, no god formed neither shall there be after me i even i am the lord and that's jehovah god even i i even i am the lord and beside me there is no savior i have declared i have saved and i have showed When there was no strange God among you, therefore ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. He says, I have declared. You know, he's declared the end from the beginning. He's made a promise of eternal life before the foundation of the world. Titus chapter 1, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the foundation of the world. He's declared some things and arranged some things. That is the salvation of his people whom he loves. And he sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law. That we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons. This is in Galatians chapter 4 verse 4, 5, and 6. And because you are sons. Sons, covenant sons. God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts crying, Abba, Father, Father, Father. Father, has God ever showed you that He's your Heavenly Father? Father, Father. He's declared. He saved. Jesus Christ died on the cross to save us from our sins. He came into this world born of a virgin to save His people from their sins. Matthew one twenty one. He came to seek that which was lost. He came to save those given unto Him of the Father. And He died upon the cross. And He was made to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. 1 Corinthians 5, 21. Alright? So, for what the law could not do, Romans chapter 8. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. The only righteousness we have is that of the Lord Jesus Christ who as the Messiah that it's told us in Daniel chapter 9 that this the Messiah is going to come 
He's going to make an end of sins. He's going to, and he's also going to bring in, bring in everlasting righteousness. That means the character of quality of that which is right. And the only righteousness we have is one that's been given unto us by the Lord Jesus Christ. The only reason that any of us are going to be at the right hand of the Father uh, in the end of time when the Son of Man shall come and all the, uh, within in His glory, Matthew 25, in His glory with all the holy angels, all nations are gathered before Him and He shall separate them uh, one from another as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. He puts the sheep on the right hand, the goats on the left. Those sheep are going to be on the right hand because they're clothed with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Because He was made sin for them. This one who knew no sin, holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Lamb of God, who took away the sins of His people. He died to save His people from their sins. And He was made to be sin for us who knew no sin. He knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Romans 5 19 says, for by one man's disobedience many were made, for by one man's disobedience many were made sinners. Even so by the obedience of one, that is the Lord Jesus Christ, shall many be made righteous. The righteousness of Christ put to our account and we're clothed with the garments of salvation, with the robe of righteousness. That's why we're on the right hand because Christ paid it all, all the debt I owe. And he, he took our sins and He gave us His spotless righteousness. Has the Lord ever communicated to you that you're right with God through Jesus Christ? Have you ever seen the salvation of God? Can you be a witness that you understand and know that He is the Savior of your soul. He says, You are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am He. See, He has said, He has declared, He has saved, Jesus Christ has saved, but my friends, He goes a step further and He has shown us the great mercy in the forgiveness of sins that we have in Jesus Christ. Have you ever seen the salvation of God? Has Jesus Christ ever been made unto you righteousness? Wisdom. <clears throat> ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that ye may, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am He. Do you understand today? Ask yourself this question. Do you understand that He is the He who is the only Savior, Jehovah? He says, you're my witnesses that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am He. There is no God formed before me, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there's no Savior. There's only, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other Savior than Jehovah manifest in the flesh, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. There's none other name given among men whereby we must be saved. He is the Savior. Do we understand that if you understand that, that is a blessing that God has blessed you with to understand, to know and believe and understand that He is He, that He is the Savior. It's one thing for Him to declare. It's another thing for Him to actually save when He bear our sins in His own body on the tree of the cross. But he goes further than that. He says, I'm not only one who have declared and I've saved, but I've showed. Has he showed you who you are in Christ? <coughs> First Corinthians chapter 1. 
Verse 18 says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it's the power of God. This glad tidings, this news of the great salvation we have in the Lord Jesus Christ is foolishness, it says, to those that perish. But unto those that are saved, saved by God's grace, it says it's the power of God. It's seen as the power of God. It's not seen as foolishness. It's seen as the power and wisdom of God that Jesus Christ could come in the world to save us, that He could pay the debt, all the debt I owe, in punishment of my sins. That He took all the punishment for my sins in His own body on the tree of the cross. He drank the cup of God's wrath for me. You ever understand that? Can you see that? Have you ever seen that He died for you? It's one thing, according to 1 Timothy 1.15, it says this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Paul says, of whom I am chief. Have you ever seen yourself the chief? It's one thing to see that Christ came. Yeah, I see it says Christ came to save sinners. But has God ever showed you that He came to save sinners? You, the sinner that looks at you in the mirror every day. Paul said this over in Galatians chapter 2. He said, I am crucified with Christ toward the end of the chapter. He says, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yea, not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me. And gave himself for me. Has God ever showed you that he loved you? And he gave himself for you. Have you ever seen the salvation of God? For poor, lost, unworthy sinners. And if you've never seen yourself as a sinner, you've probably never seen yourself saved. We sing the song, If my soul were sent to hell, thy righteous law approves it well. I'd venture to say that if someone understands they're saved by God, if they've ever seen the salvation of their soul, if they've ever seen the forgiveness of sins, if they've ever seen the salvation of God, they've seen and they can sing that song and they know that what they're worthy of, and that is receiving the wages of sin, which is eternal death and separation from God. If my soul were sent to hell, thy righteous law approves it well. I mean, if someone comes to me and says, well, I don't think I'm quite that bad. Well, I don't ever think you've seen the salvation of God because I don't think you've ever seen who you are in Adam. See, God has a way of showing us who we are in Adam before He'll show who we are in Christ. In Adam, we're lost and undone. Nothing we can do to merit God's favor or esteem. And God is sure to make sure that we know that all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. We try to hold up things before God. God, I'm not as bad as other people. I'm pretty good compared to a lot of people. Well, you know what? It doesn't, that's, other people's not the standard. The standard is God's holy righteous law. Have you ever broken God's holy righteous law? He says over there in Galatians chapter 3. I have to turn because I can't bring it up right now. Verse 10. He says, for as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone... Who? Everyone. Everyone who continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do then. 
a standard of righteousness according to the law, to be righteous, listen, to be righteous according to the law means that you have to personally and perpetually keep all the law and never mess up one time. Not a one time. And James puts it this way, he that, can, he that keepeth the whole law and yet offends in one point, just like being guilty of all. Guilty of all. I mean, you done broke, you done broke the law. I like to think of a, of a link chain. You've seen a chain, right? It's got links in it, right? How many links do you have to have to be broken to have a broke chain? Just takes one. You break one link and the whole chain's broke. Same thing with the law of God. To be right according to God's law, you have to personally keep everything perpetually, never fail one time. Cursed is everyone who continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Well, that puts all of us under the curse of the law. Have you ever noticed, you know why on the day of judgment, those goats hear these words over the left, depart from me ye cursed. Because they're under the curse. Because they're, they have sin. Unredeemed mankind. Sin. And he says, depart ye from me ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. You know what they're gonna be doing over there in the wrath, in that fire? They're gonna be in punishment for their sins. The wrath of God will be against them for their sins forever and ever and ever, and they'll never be able to get it all paid up. Paying for their sins. Those on the right hand are there because Jesus paid for all of their sins. He was he he suffered, it says in Peter, he suffered the just one for the unjust. That's us. He died for the ungodly. You say, well, you know, Brother Vance, I see that I am ungodly. I don't measure up. Well, I got some good news. Christ died for the ungodly. You see yourself as a sinner? I got good news. This is a faithful saying. And we're there all acceptation that Christ Jesus came in the world to save sinners. And Paul says, of whom I'm chief. Oh yeah, he could sing the song, If my soul were sent to hell, thy righteous law approves it well. There's nothing there's no works of righteousness. There's no, it's, it's not, it's not a, it's not a, uh, a matter of trying to be in the, you know, in the top, top half of being good people. No, my friends, none of us are good enough. None of us are good enough because we're all under the curse of the law. Cursed is everyone who continueth not in all things written in the book of law to do them. But I like the good news. A few verses later in verse 13 says, But Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. How? Being made a curse for us. That word for us means in your place. In our room instead. Christ hath redeemed us. We're all under the curse of the law by nature. But Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us. For us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth upon a tree. He hung upon the cross. And it says, according to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness. He says, by whom stripes you were healed. Over in Isaiah, that, that's language going back to Isaiah 53. He was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken? I believe it's verse 6 where he says, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities as a substitute. He endured the wrath of God for our sins because He actually was be made to be sin. Our sins were placed upon Him and He bore the punishment and the suffering. He suffered in a few short hours on the cross what it would have taken you or I in eternity in the lake of fire to uh, endure in punishment for our sins and never get paid for. But He was able to pay it all, all the debt I owe upon the cross for all His people. And His own arm brought the victory. That's victory in Jesus, brother. 
the Lord Jesus Christ brought us a victory. And it was His own work. His own arm brought salvation for us. Not our little weak puny arms that couldn't do anything. But He did it. He was bruised for our, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And it says the chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And by His stripes, ye are healed. The chastisement of our peace. Oh, He brought us peace through the blood of the cross. Now we're at peace with God. He suffered the just for the unjust that He might bring us to God. That means reconciliation. Bringing back us back into a peaceful relationship with the Lord. That's how He saved us from our sins. And the chastisement relating to our peace with God was upon the Son of God. That's talking about His punishment for our sins was upon Him. And by His stripes... We're healed. See, He saved us. But he says, I've declared and I've saved, but I've also showed. And that's the sweet part when God shows us who we are in Jesus Christ. When He shows us the great salvation that we have in Jesus Christ. In 1 Corinthians, that's where I came from over there. 1 Corinthians 1. He says, but unto those that are called. He says in verse 23, but we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto us, but unto them which are called. This is a divine calling. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. That's 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. If you're taking notes. To those who have been saved and called with a holy calling. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks. You know, salvation is not by race. It's not just to the Jews. It's by grace. Over in Acts 15, it was James said, we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they. Us Jews as well as those Gentiles. But he said unto the Jews both, but unto them that are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, the weakness of God is stronger than men. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen. Yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence. That no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus. That's a position. Our life is hid with Christ in God. Go to Colossians chapter 3. He says, "But but of him are ye in Christ who of God is made unto us. And here's what I want. He didn't say who of God was made unto us. He says who of God is made unto us. Present tense. That's still an ongoing occurrence. Who of God is made unto us. That is Christ. Of God. Christ is made unto us. Wisdom. And righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Right? That is 1 Corinthians 1, 30 and 31. 1 Corinthians 1, 30 and 31. 
But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. For what purpose? That according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. All those sheep on the right hand over there in the judgment, they're going to know exactly why they are there. And they're going to, they know it's not for any righteousness that they have done. That they are clothed with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. But my friends, not only do we, are we going to know it there? Thanks be to God, He's blessed us to understand and know it here. My friends, God has blessed us with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, which brings life and immortality to light, to understanding that we may see the great salvation we have in Jesus Christ. And God equips us, which we've covered before. He equips us to be able to understand by giving us the new birth. I don't need to go through again. We go to John chapter 6, John chapter 8, where it talks about how that to be able to hear, understand, and believe, and receive, and know the things of God, God's revealed them unto us by His Spirit. God gives us the Spirit of God in the new birth. He gives us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand, and be able to see the great salvation that we have in Jesus Christ. One of the reasons, remember, ye are my witnesses that I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am He, because He shows us who we are in Christ. Has Christ ever been made unto you righteousness, redemption? See, this is something God shows us. Of God, Christ is made unto us. He's our wisdom. He's our righteousness. He's our sanctification. He's our redemption. He is our Savior. He's our all and our all. Has God ever showed you that that's true of you? That He is all, you're all in all. He's your righteousness. I have no righteousness to plea other than the Lord Jesus Christ. I have no redemption other than the Lord Jesus Christ. He is my Savior. And I understand and know that it's He. And He alone is the Savior. I didn't help Him any. He saved me by His grace. And He made known unto me the mercy that He's extended unto me. That my sins are forgiven. That Christ took them and bare them in His own body on the tree of the cross. That I have been made whole. By His stripes I'm healed. Has God ever showed you the salvation of God? Why does he say that he has, uh, Christ is made of God, is made unto us what? Made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. That according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. You notice he said as it's written. Well, that must be written someplace. Let's turn to Jeremiah chapter 9 where that's written. Jeremiah 9. And the purpose is that we may glory and praise God and extol Him as the only true God, our Savior. Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23. Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man, this is Jeremiah 9, 23, thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me that I and the Lord. Notice that. Let him glory in what? That he understandeth and knoweth that I am the Lord, which exercise loving kindness, judgment, righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. See, God has a way of weaning ourselves from self. In our experience, we may be awakened by grace. And the eternal life that God plants within us and the spirit with which he gives us. And 
God oftentimes will show us who we are in Adam before he shows us the great salvation of God. That's why the publican in that parable in Luke 18, he has a godly sorrow for sin. He's been born of the Spirit of God. And now he's, you know, uh, he's not doing so very well. You know, Paul in Romans chapter 7 talks about a time he wasn't doing very well. well. He talks about a time he was doing okay. He says, I was alive without the law once. I was living it up. Everything's good. He says, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. I died. He talks about how sin by the commandment became exceeding sinful. And it slew him. He saw that he was a sinner. He saw it. The law was brought home to him and he saw that he was a sinner in the sight of a thrice holy God. God showed him who he was in Adam. And he'll do that before he shows us who we are in Christ. And the publican, his problem there in Luke 18 where he cried, he wouldn't so much lift his eyes up to heaven, but he cried out, God be merciful unto me a sinner. God was showing him who he was by nature. That man who was abased, he became exalted. And he went down his house justified. Because what did he do? He saw the salvation of God. He saw the forgiveness of sins that he had. And God declared that you're right through me. He was justified. That's what justification means. It's a declaration of being right. And God declared that, guess what? You're right. Alright? And He rejoiced. And when God shows you that you're right through Jesus Christ, we rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory when we see the salvation of God. Now I've been saying that, see the salvation of God, and I ain't got to the Scripture yet. You mean see the salvation of God? We've been talking about it though, right? That ye may know and understand that I am He. And Christ is made unto us all these things that we'll, you know, let not the rich man glory in his riches, you know, and all these things, but let him that glory, glory in the Lord. When I see, it's through seeing the salvation of God that I'm going to glorify God in the highest. I am going to extol and praise Him who loved me Gave himself for me. That delivered me from the wrath to come. Yeah, if my soul were sent to hell, I know thy righteous law approves it well. Nothing in my hand I plead. Simply to thy cross I cling. Is the words of the song, right? There's no hope for the salvation of Vince. Through Vince. Not a bit. All my righteousnesses are as filthy rags before God. But he says here in Jeremiah 9, he says, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, the mighty man glory in his might, the rich man glory in his riches. But let him that glorieth glorieth in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. And that only comes by revelation of salvation by God to his children. And why does he do that? He says, for in these things I delight, saith the Lord. I delight in those things. It pleased God not just to save us, and when we die, carry us on to glory, but also it delighted God to show us that we may understand and know that He is our righteousness. He's our redemption, our wisdom, our sanctification, our all and our all. That we might glorify God and honor Him. It's through that that the love of Christ constrains us. That we henceforth not live unto ourselves, but unto Him who loved us and died for our sins. Upon the cross. <clears throat> Alright, let's go to the scripture. I woke up this morning with this scripture on my mind. It's found in Luke Luke 
Start in Luke chapter 3. It's speaking of John the Baptist. You said that in verse 2. The word of God came unto John, the son of Zechariah in the wilderness. Verse 3. And he came unto all the country round about Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. You know, he was the forerunner of Christ. He came to prepare the way before the Lord, and he preached. And he shows us a scripture in Isaiah chapter 40. He starts quoting out of Isaiah chapter 40. Of a prophecy of the coming of John the Baptist. And he came in, verse 3 says, And he came into all the country about Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be brought low. And the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways shall be made smooth. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. When he says all flesh shall see the salvation of God, that, that, that expression, all flesh, you study it out, he's talking about Jews and Gentiles. Not just Jews, I mean, not just Jews, but also Gentiles. He says, all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Question. Have you ever seen the salvation of God? If you have, or if you do, I, these other brethren, can preach If the Lord bless us, we can preach and we can preach and we can set forth the great salvation for the Lord Jesus Christ. But if you ever see it, it's because God has taken those things and has shown those things to you. I'm going to tell you the revelation comes from God. Comes from God. If you ever understand it in your heart, It's because the Spirit of God has bore witness of the truth of who you are in Christ in your hearts. That He loved you. He gave Himself for you. Has He ever shown you the salvation you have in Jesus Christ? All flesh shall see the salvation of God. The Jews and the Gentiles shall see the salvation of God. Let's turn back to chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Verse 25. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. He had the embodiment of salvation in his arms. He saw salvation that day. Have you ever seen salvation when you've looked upon the Lord, upon the cross, pouring out his last blood for your sins? He says, I've seen thy salvation. Had him right there in his arms. He is the Savior. He is our salvation. He's our all and our all. All flesh shall see the salvation of God. This man's a Jew. But also Gentiles see the salvation of God. 
And again, I can preach. These other brethren can preach if the Lord bless us with preaching grace. We can try to set forth Christ as the Savior of poor sinners. But like Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 1, where he talks about to those at Thessalonica, he says, Our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and much assurance. See, the preaching of the word can go in word only. It might reach your ears, might reach your mind, but it may not reach your heart. Unless it's attended with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. In 1 Peter chapter 1, it talks about those that have preached the gospel with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. The Holy Spirit of God bearing witness to the truths that's being preached. Paul says, our gospel came not into you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. And it talks about how they became turned from their idols to serve the true and living God and to wait for His Son Jesus, which delivered them from the wrath to come. God had showed them the salvation they had in Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ had delivered them from the wrath to come. God had showed some at Thessalonica that Jesus Christ had delivered them from the wrath to come by enduring the wrath of God upon the cross and drinking the cup of God's wrath for their sins. How do I know that? Because the Word of God says in 1 Thessalonians 1.10, that they were what? That they were waiting for Jesus, which had delivered them from the wrath to come. This wasn't just a historic Jesus. Believe it or not, I'm old enough that when I was in high school, we learned in world history, we learned about Jesus. Probably doesn't happen today, but we learned about the historical man Jesus that walked Palestine. I was shocked even then. That they'd have that in the schools. They didn't set him forth as the Savior. But they set him forth as the one in the Christian religion is the Messiah. He lived. It's fact. History. But my friends, they weren't just looking. Those in Thessalonica weren't just looking for a historic Jesus that they learned about and they read about. They were waiting for him to come who had delivered them from the wrath to come. Has God ever revealed to you in your heart and bore witness to the truth in your heart that He's delivered you from the wrath to come? See, this gospel, this truth that Paul preached, that God blessed him to preach, it came in power and with the Holy Ghost and much assurance. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Has He ever given you a foretaste of the glory divine that we have in Jesus Christ our Lord? All flesh shall see the salvation of God. Doesn't mean everybody that's Jew and Gentile is going to see it, but there's going to be those Jews and Gentiles that see it. Simeon saw it. He saw the salvation of God. And if you've ever seen the salvation of God, you long to see it again. You long, your heart yearns to see the salvation of God. When God witnesses in your heart that He loved you, He died for you, that He's yours, that He paid it all, all the debt I owe, that I might live with Him in glory. When God shows us that, He shows us the salvation we have in Jesus Christ. We long to see, know, and feel that He's mine and that I am right through the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Paul, you know... (coughs) David... The psalmist David, he longed. There's all kinds of expressions in the Psalms. Psalms 119, verse 175. He says, I have longed for thy salvation. Psalms 81, I have, he says, I have fainted for thy salvation. Lord. He says in Psalms 35, 3, He says, say unto my soul, I 
in thy salvation? Has the Lord ever told you and came to your soul and said, I am your salvation? That's what we're talking about today. We're talking about seeing the salvation of God. Have you seen it? Has He shown, if He has, if you've seen it because God has been merciful to show you who you are in the blessed Son of God who paid the price for your sins upon the cross. And you've seen the forgiveness of sins you have in Jesus Christ. Man can preach that and preach that, but I'm talking about has God showed you that your sins are forgiven through Jesus Christ. That Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law, being made a curse for you, Paul says, who loved me and died for me. Have we seen the salvation of God? Over in the Psalms, if we look in... uh, Let's go to Psalms 119. And while we're going there, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you another one. Uh, Psalms 106. David, he, the psalmist here, he says in verse 4, Remember me, O Lord, with the favor that thou bearest unto thy people. He says, O visit me with thy salvation. Visit me with thy salvation. Communicate unto me thy salvation. He says that I may see the good of thy chosen. He says that I may rejoice in the gladness of thy nation. That I may glory with thine inheritance. You know, it's only going to rejoice and be made glad when God visits him with his salvation once again. Alright, let's turn to Psalms 119, verse 81. He says, My soul fainteth for thy salvation. My soul fainteth. And you can turn over there and look at 175. And he says, I have longed for thy salvation, O Lord. Here we see there's a desire. If you've ever tasted that the, and seen that the Lord is gracious, which is a Bible verse, if you've tasted the Lord is gracious, you want to taste it again. You want to see Him again. Oh, visit me with thy salvation. He says in Psalms 119, verse 75 again, He says, I have longed. The longing of His heart was for the salvation of God. He see in Psalms 81, He says, My soul fainteth for thy salvation. But I hope in thy word. Mine eyes fail for thy word saying, When wilt thou comfort me? When wilt thou comfort me? Turn with me to Isaiah. Uh, let's go to Isaiah 12. My soul fainteth for thy salvation. How long? It says, when wilt thou comfort me? Now let's just look at a few verses here. In Isaiah chapter 12, verse 1. And in that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee, though thou wast angry with me. Thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me. Comfort. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He has also become my salvation. You're never going to be truly comforted over your sins till you have a clear sight of the salvation that you have in Jesus Christ. And sometimes your sin, our sins, my sins, cloud the salvation that I have, and I'm bare, you know, the Lord's angry. And rightlessly, and, and justly so, because I've sinned against Him. 
David had sinned one time and he said, Lord, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. He looked for a renewal. You know what he needed to see? He needed to see that he was forgiven for his sins. That's what he needed. He needed to see the forgiveness of sins. He needed to see the salvation he had with the Lord. And it's the same thing with us. It's the same thing with us. And in Psalms 85, verse 4, he says, Turn us, O God, of our salvation. Turn us, O God, of our salvation. And cause thine anger toward us to cease. Wilt thou be angry with us forever? Wilt thou draw out thine anger to all generations? See, the Lord's angry. He says, cause thine anger towards us to cease. Wilt thou be angry with us forever? You ever felt that way? Because you've sinned. You knew better than you knew better not to do the thing that you did. You knew better to act the way that you did. You knew better than to say the thing that you said. And when I say you, I'm talking about myself. I knew better. You ever been like David who said, Lord, I was, I was as a beast before thee. Wilt thou be angry forever? Cause thine anger towards us to cease. Wilt thou be angry with us forever? Wilt thou draw out thine anger to all generations? Wilt thou not revive us again? Wilt thou not revive us again? We sing a song, Lord revive us, Lord revive us. Do you know who it is that has to revive you? It's the Lord. That's why we sing, Lord revive us. Wilt thou not revive us again that thy people may rejoice in thee? Show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. See, that's going to fix the promise when the Lord visits you and shows you the great salvation that you have in Jesus Christ. We have a promise in 1 John 1, 9. It says if we confess our sins. He's faithful and just. To forgive us of our sins. And cleanse us from all unrighteousness. To cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When God blesses us, oh man, I wish I'd go to Acts chapter 28, but I can't do that. I'm running out of time. Let's tur- turn with me to Micah. We'll go back to Micah again. And I know that's a little, you know, uh, book. It's kind of hard to find. It's right after Obadiah, when Jonah actually. But while you're turning there, <clears throat> I want to read you Psalms 98, a portion of Psalms 98. Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. For he hath done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm hath gotten him the victory. Alright? God's gotten the victory. The Lord, the Lord hath made known his salvation. Remember, all flesh shall see the salvation of God. And you're not going to see it unless God makes it known. And he brings it afresh. And he bears witness of the salvation that we have. 
That's how He makes it known unto us. Oh, visit me with thy salvation. My soul's long for thy salvation. Say to my soul, I am thy salvation. He says, the Lord hath made known His salvation. His righteousness hath He openly showed in the sight of the heathen. All flesh, Jew and Gentiles are going to see the salvation of God. He's made known His salvation. When God makes known His salvation, He makes known His righteousness. He hath remembered His mercy and His truth toward the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. All the ends of the earth, that means Gentiles too, are going to see the salvation of God. How do they see the salvation of God? When He shows forth salvation, when He shows forth His Righteousness. Remember why you're over there on the right hand of the sheep? And hear the words, come ye blessed of my Father. You're clothed with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. He shows us that we're right, not through us and our workings and what we do, but salvation is of the Lord. We're right with the Lord. We're reconciled and at peace with Him because He's made us right and we're clothed with His spotless gown and garment of righteousness. And there's language to that effect in, in Isaiah 51, I believe. I will be joyful in my God. We have clothed me with the robe of righteousness and the garments of salvation. Makes you rejoice when the Lord comes to you and witnesses and shows in your heart the salvation that you have and the forgiveness of sins you have in Jesus Christ. He says, if we confess our sins, even though God may be frowning upon you, what we need to do is to view the salvation of God and the righteousness of Jesus Christ that covers our sins. Or the blood covers our sins, whereby we're right with Him. Micah chapter five, uh, chapter 7, verse 9, he said this, he says, I will bear the indignation of the Lord. Remember the text. How long wilt thou be angry with me? Will you be angry forever? Grant me thy salvation. Show me the salvation that I have. He says, I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I've sinned against Him. And we do that, right? God frowns upon us when we sin. I will bear the indignation of the Lord, he says, because I sinned against him until, until something happens. Until he plead my cause and execute judgment for me, he will bring me forth to the light and I shall behold his righteousness. In other words, he shows us that we're right through what he did. That my sin is covered. If we confess our sins, He's faithful just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know what He's, you know what he's doing? He's showing us the salvation that we have through Jesus Christ. The publican in Luke 18, he went down a house justified because God showed him the salvation that he had. That his sins were covered. Isaiah, we were in Isaiah chapter 12, and I've got I'm, I'm to bring my remarks to a close real quick here, and I will. Isaiah chapter 12, let me read this again. In that day shalt thou say, O Lord, I will praise thee, though thou wast angry with me, thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me. You remember where we started out over there? Or actually about midway. Luke chapter 3. All flesh shall see the salvation of God. Talking about John the Baptist. That comes out of Isaiah chapter 40. You start at the first verse of Isaiah chapter 40. It says, Comfort ye, comfort me, saith, uh, my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably unto Israel, and say to them that their... Uh, I can't get that. Uh, he says, Comfort me, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished. That her iniquity is pardoned. For she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. 
Remember, he says, Lord, visit me with thy salvation. I have, I have fainted for thy salvation. How long? When wilt thou comfort me? Because we're going to be comforted with the witness and the showing by God of the great salvation that we have, that our sins are covered. All right, let's turn real quickly to Isaiah chapter 52. Verse 9 says, Break forth into joy. Sing together, ye waste places of Jerusalem, for the Lord hath comforted His people. He hath redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord hath made bare His holy arm in the eyes of all the nations. And all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. Going to see the salvation of God. I'm going to close with this verse. Let's go to Second Chronicles, chapter twenty. There's there's hours preaching on this verse. This is a simple Old Testament text about Jehoshaphat. But I want you to listen to what he says. They're going up against the Moabites. And this is just another text showing that salvation is of the Lord. He tells, God tells Jehoshaphat, verse 17, you shall, you shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves Stand ye still. Boy, they're not very, very active, are they? They don't have to be active in this battle. He said, just set, your, just sit down. Stand ye still and see the salvation of the Lord. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord be with you. He says, set yourselves still and see the salvation of the Lord. Maybe that's not a good one to end on. I want to go different places. I said I was going to stop with that verse. I'm not going to lie to you. I shouldn't have said that. But it's time. Stand and see the salvation of God. Have you been able to see the salvation of God like the publican? Have you been able to see the salvation like the psalmist David? Have you been able to see the salvation that God's people have? If you have, God has made Christ unto you salvation from the beginning to the end. And be thankful to God that you're His witnesses, that He's chosen to bless you, to be able to know, believe, and understand who He is, that He is our Savior and our God. May God richly bless you, is my prayer.